Welcome back to the GSPO Places podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie Marsh, and today I am coming to you live from Maisie. Welcome to my car. I've recorded the second episode probably three times, and I've just been like, ah, like this is stressful, like talking about an actual topic, like I'm not a fan of this. So I figured I'd take the pressure off and just literally wake up early, go to the gym. I actually didn't plan on waking up quite as early as I did, but I was up at 5.30 this morning. I've had like no sleep this week. Like that's really my life update of the week. I have been so tired. Like if we're gonna do highs and lows, which I think I'm gonna start off every episode with highs and lows, my low would be the fact that I have gotten no sleep. And I've been trying to, but it just won't work. Wednesday, no, not Wednesday, Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday morning, I was up at 2.30 in the morning, not like stayed up till 2.30 in the morning, woke up at 2.30 in the morning and drove my sweet friend Lainey down to the Miami airport. Friendships are sacrifice, you guys. Like if we're gonna talk about anything, friendships come with sacrifice and that's just the reality of it. I was up at 2.30 in the morning, drove her down the Miami airport for a flight at 6 a.m., got there around five, got there around like 4.30ish actually. It's about an hour and a half from me. Drove back up. Thought about going to the gym at 5 a.m. I did not do that. There is a car park next to me right now. And I am recording a podcast from my car right outside of what I believe is a bank. But we're just going to go ahead and ignore that and not turn over. If they peek in my car window, this would be very funny. The front of my car is like completely fogged right now. So that felt safe. But I think it might be a smart investment for me to get my windows tinted. Especially if I'm going to be doing podcast episodes from my car. Okay, we're all good. She gave me a little bit of a strange look, but we can get over that. Anyways, lack of sleep has been the reality of my week this week. My high, however, would be my event. Like, it was so sweet to have my event. And honestly, that whole entire Saturday was just one of my favorite days ever. Starting it with the walk in the morning and then having Cellus Produce was so good. Guys, I'm obsessed with Cellus Produce. They were nice enough to give everyone a discount after the walk, which was so much fun. They've gotta be like one of my favorite places to get acai bowls and their smoothies are so good. Lainey did make us split an acai bowl and a smoothie because if I was getting her up that early, apparently I had to buy her food because I'm her mother. Sorry, lady, I'm not meaning to drag you in this episode, but sorry. Um, <laughs> we split a blue smoothie because if there's anything blue, if there's a blue drink of any sort, it has Lainey's name all over it. So we got a blue Mahi, Maji smoothie and then got an acai bowl, so good. And then later in the day, our really good friends Carolina Dutch got engaged and it was so sweet to be at the engagement. He'd been planning this for months, literally put so much time and effort into it. Seriously, like Dutch sets the standard for proposals. Like he did such a good job. He flew so many of our friends down from up north and completely surprised her. And I feel like it's so hard to 100% surprise a girl. She was like crying. Obviously she was crying, but makeup everywhere. I like loved it. I think I was hyperventilating the entire time. I probably like half ruined Dutch's speech because I was like wheezing in the background. Um, but I just love love. And it's been so cool to see the whole process of their love story kind of play out to the point of where Caroline a year and a half ago was sitting in our discipleship group just being like, there's no good guys left in the world anymore. And then a couple months later, honestly a couple weeks after I think she said that, she's like, I met a guy, we're going on a sunrise date. I don't know about him, but 
And then fast forward, it's her future husband. Like that's so sweet, literally so sweet. So that's definitely my high of the week. Overall, it's been a really good week. It's been very busy. Hence why I am recording this podcast the morning that it's coming out because I've been all over the place. I tried recording super late last night, but after working an eight hour day at a boutique and then shooting ads that morning, I was just burnt out, exhausted. I think I need to start recording the podcast in the morning. I'm just a morning gal. I prefer the mornings. So future reference, Mackenzie, record the podcast in the morning and maybe not on Thursday mornings, but Happy Thursday, if you're listening to this the day it comes out. Sorry it's a little bit late. I promise I'm gonna do better, but getting a routine, getting a schedule, when my work schedule is a little bit all over the place, is going to be a work in progress. So bear with me. I would love to say I'm gonna be perfect at this every single week, but I'm just not going to be, and I need to stop setting that expectation for myself. I was so stressed last night being like, you have to get it out this time, and it has to be up at midnight, it has to whatever, like, Yes, I want to be consistent, but also I need to give grace. I'm like running myself into the ground right now and things that are my priority are the things that don't make money, which is a little strange. So I am working part-time at a boutique to be able to put time into this and not have to stress about money from brand deals and such. However, working 24, 25 hours a week on top of doing everything for this company, on top of doing influencing stuff, on top of doing content creation stuff, on top of just trying to be a good friend and like live a healthy life, has been shaping up to be a lot. So I do need to take some things off of my plate. I don't know what's gonna come off my plate. It's definitely not gonna be this or anything GSPO places wise, which does mean something financially has to come off the plate. Awesome, love that for me. Okay, anyways. I'm gonna take a couple steps to my dog because I haven't done so yet. That's so good. Guys, the pumpkin iced coffee at Duncan, fantastic. I feel like you guys, a lot of you might be Starbucks girlies. I'm sorry, but Duncan's better. And I just love Duncan so, so much. I get a pumpkin iced coffee with two cream and two sugar. I feel like sometimes people say like, Duncan never makes the same coffee twice. I feel you there. That's why I get two cream and two sugar because I feel like when you just don't say, yeah, cream and sugar, they actually measure it out. So for the most part, my Dunkin' tastes the same every single time, which is pretty good. There will be like a once in a blue moon and I know the Dunkins that don't do a great job sometimes, but for the most part, I, I can't complain about Dunkin', which why would I? She's perfect. Anyways, I don't know who remembers me doing the daily Dunkin' talks, but I feel like this podcast is just an extension of that. I was doing that when I was in a little bit of a rough place. So this is a full circle. She's in a good place. She's not ranting about a breakup or anything like that. But if you wanna go hear me rant about a breakup, my TikTok, Mackenzie Marsh, with two E's after Mackenzie because there is another Mackenzie Marsh. If you wanna hear my rants on my daily Dunkin' Talk. Okay, today we are talking about community. I feel like I can't start off this podcast when so many of you guys know me for the community stuff that I do without talking about community and the importance of it and the benefits that I've seen of community in my life. So I feel like when people are like combating me talking about community, they either come from two different perspectives. Either it's just really hard to find community and they can't find it or they don't see the need and the value for community. So I wanna speak into those two things. Let's start with the second. The people who don't see the need and the value for community. I am, however, going to be opening up 
these bad boys because I did take notes and I did actually prep for this. Where this microphone is going, I'm not really sure. I guess she'll go right there. Hopefully you guys can still hear me well enough. This is just a full like, welcome to my car. We're gonna just be sitting here chatting and we're gonna be going through basically my journal on community. So for the people who don't see a need for community, I first wanna start out with the biblical significance of community because I was reading in Genesis the other day and I thought it was so interesting. And initially I was reading through Genesis because weird fun fact about me, my heart breaks with the fact that I'm not a mom yet. Like, I know that's super weird. I'm 23, I'm still super young. I'm just really single. Like I'm not even talking to anyone, but my heart just like burns to be a mother. And I have cried myself to sleep probably multiple times this week alone over the fact that I'm not a mom and how much my heart just desires for that. And I know it's something the Lord's gonna bring, but it is just like a hard thing. So I was going to scripture because I was like, hey, there's actually a story about this in the Bible. I'm gonna turn to Genesis and read about Sarah and Abraham. But before I got there, I just figured out, oh, I'll start at the beginning of Genesis. I haven't read Genesis in a while. And it was like, okay, if someone were to open my Bible, a Bible, and the first thing they read in the beginning of Genesis, what would it be about? Like for context, if I'm trying to lead people spiritually, I kind of want the knowledge of that, you know? So fast forward, the beginning is talking about the creation of the world. Fast forward to Genesis 2.18. I had no idea what the first thing was in the Bible that God said was not good. So in Genesis 2.18, he's made Adam. He's made the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is perfect. It's before sin has entered the world. And God looks at Adam and says, it's not good for man to be alone. Without, with the context of knowing some things, one, knowing that the Garden of Eden is perfect, that stuck out to me. Two, that this is the first thing that God says is not good. He doesn't look at the enemy. He doesn't look at darkness. He doesn't look at anything else and say it's not good. But the first thing he chooses to say in scripture, if someone were to open their Bible, start from page one and start reading, the first thing that God says is not good is man to be alone. I think we need to be focusing on community a lot more and on being in community if God is choosing to say that's the first thing that's not good in scripture, right? And then also it struck me because Eden is a perfect place. The Garden of Eden is perfect. And God still looked at Adam and said, it's not good for you to be alone. How much more of a priority do you think we should be making community and being with other people in an imperfect world? You know, like if it's that important for Adam in a perfect world to be in community, how much more important is it, is it for us? I know I'm repeating myself and this might sound repetitive, but that just like struck me so much in terms of like, wow, like this is serious and this isn't like a, hey, I want friends. Hey, I like would like some friends, whatever. No, this is a like, I need friends and you need your people. And it's like pivotal for your like survival and to live a full life, which at the end of the day, like that's what this company is about. It's about living a full life. And I think one of the number one ways to do that biblically shown is by living in community. And I just think that's really, really cool. Um, I think society does a really bad job at focusing on this and whether you believe in the gospel or not, whether you're coming from a biblical perspective or not, 
community is important. And I think a lot of times people pull away from community. Or if you look up anything self-help, self-improvement wise, they say go ghost and just like shut everyone out and don't talk to anyone. Don't prioritize anything. That's how you're going to grow in life. I'm going to use a biblical representation first, and then I'm going to use one from my life. So in Hebrews, there are two verses that I want to read that I just think are so freaking good that talk about how community should be. And I think these are two really good foundational verses to base how you love other people and how you treat your friends. And again, I want to preface by saying not every friend is going to be a good friend. I want you to start here and love people well. Does this mean you're never going to get hurt by friendships? Absolutely not. Continue loving people well. I know it's really hard, but I promise you it is worth it. I promise you it's worth it to continue loving people. And at the end of the day, if those people aren't loving you back, someday people will come into your life and you will just be like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't let those people steal my joy. I'm so glad I continued trying. I'm going to circle back to that after I read these verses. So Hebrews 2, 12 through 13 says, watch out brothers and sisters so that there won't be any of you at evil, unbelieving hearts that turns away from the living God, but encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. A couple things in that verse. First, it says daily. Community and living with people in community should be a daily thing. It shouldn't be a, hey, I'm checking in once a month. I know certain friendships, that just happens and we get busy and life gets busy, but building your inner circle of people who are checking in on you on a daily basis is so important. And that might look different for you. For me, that means literal friends. For some people, that does mean relationships or your boyfriend or something like that. For others, it might be your family who's doing that. For me, it's my friends. And that's why I focus so much on this because for a long time I didn't have that. So I think this is really, really important. And even when I did have a relationship, that boyfriend was long distance for a good deal of that. So I still needed people checking in on me daily in a very practical way and encouraging me on a daily basis and physically walking with me through life. A lot of us are in post-grad or maybe you're going off to college from high school. You need people in your inner circle who are physically there too. And that's really hard. And I'm kind of re-struggling with that as well because a lot of my best friends have moved away and now they live far away, which they were here and now they live far away. So it is a struggle to have to kind of be like, well, they have these really great people, but they live in, for me, it's Portugal, Texas, and Indiana and, and Minnesota. And that's really hard you need people in your inner circle who are physically there. I also think it's really cool that community can hold us accountable in the way of not having our hearts be hardened by sin's deception. People are so important in your life because they can pray for you when you don't have the strength to pray for yourself. They can call out things in your life in a loving way and they can physically keep your heart from being fooled by sin's deception. Because a lot of times, it's really easy to fall into sin. It's really, really simple. Where you start with one little sin and they just spiral. And you can't even realize it in your own life until you're way too deep where you don't know the way out. But having people in your life who can say, Hey, Mackenzie, I love you. I know you're acting in sin right now. I love you and I'm going to walk with you through this. 
And if you feel the need to live out this hurt in this way right now, that's not necessarily okay, but I understand and I'm here to love you through that. It's a really cool thing to have friends love you through that. I think it's a really cool thing. I had that last fall when I was way living in sin and I had certain friends who just kind of said, bye, I don't wanna deal with you right now. And I had other friends who just stood by my side and said, how can I love you through this? How can I continue to pray for you? How can I encourage you? And how can I help slowly soften your heart where you can see that sin is deceiving you right now? And it was that that truthfully led me out of that season of sin or of certain sins. Obviously, we all sin on a daily basis. The second verse is very similar. And it says, it's Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. Again, it talks about a daily thing, how this is a daily thing. Another thing, gathering together. This is just honestly the verse that I want to foundationalize my company on of like, I want to do this. I want to provoke love and good works. Like I want a community of people who are inspiring one another to live their very best lives, to chase their dreams. At the end of the day, it's foundationalized on this. And again, whether you're a Christian or not, this is biblical, but also it doesn't it doesn't need to be. I don't want to say it like that of like this isn't you don't need to be a Christian. Also, if you're not a Christian, there are still really practical tools within this that you can apply in your life. I'm gonna read it one more time. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. COVID did us a huge disservice, but we got in the habit of not doing life together. We got in the habit of kind of sitting in our own little bubble and being really okay in that because for a while we didn't have a choice other than to do that. And that sucks, but we can't stay in that. I think a lot of people, again, going back to the, I need to self-improve right now, I need to do all of that. I think that's okay to an extent for a season. But I think a lot of us say, I'm gonna go and self-grow, and I'm gonna go and do all of this. But number one, we don't know why we're doing it. Number two, we don't have an end date to that. The first one. We don't know why we're doing it. When I went through my season in Oxford of I need to rest, at the end of the day, I knew I was doing that so that I could do this better. I could run a podcast, I could speak, I could do all of this better. I knew I wasn't speaking from a place of hope. I wasn't speaking from a place of having the Lord's love in my heart. And I knew I needed to rest and I needed to withdraw from some things and I needed to withdraw from some of my community in order to do that. However, I was not withdrawing from all my community. Heidi was there with me and I was talking with her on a daily basis. We were living life together and it was fantastic. Number two, it doesn't have an end date. It is so tempting to stay in that place of rest, of self-improvement, of all of those things. Like that season can sometimes feel really comfortable. And you're probably like, no, Mackenzie, it's not comfortable. I'm sitting there like self-improving. I'm going to the gym 10 times a day. I'm doing this. I'm prioritizing this, all of these things. But at the end of the day, community is really uncomfortable. Like putting yourself out there to be a good friend is really uncomfortable because we've all been hurt by other people before. 
because people are imperfect human beings and they're gonna make mistakes. 10 times out of 10, people are gonna screw up. But we oftentimes stay in that season, which is really sad. Like, if we all believe we were put on this earth for a reason, I really don't think it was to just, again, this is coming from a biblical mindset, but I don't think it was for self-fulfillment. I don't think it was to become this great version of ourselves so we're happy with ourselves and that's it. Like, we're not supposed to live in these tiny little bubbles. Like, if you look historically, people lived in villages, people had families, people were in this tight-knit community that we don't necessarily have anymore in America. And it's not foundational to do. It's not what we're taught to do. Like, we're kind of now taught, hey, look out for you. You're number one. You're all this. And we become so prideful in ourselves and it's either we're really insecure and we're living in sadness or we're living in all of this pride where we're so full of ourselves that we don't know how to love our neighbors well and to be completely honest like I'm my best version of myself when I'm living in good community when I have my people looking out for me again back to scripture here they're calling out evil in my life they're holding me accountable they're provoking love and good works in me. If you want to look at self-fulfillment in a way to live a full life, that's it. Like, there's nothing I can do to myself or do for myself that's going to do a better job at making me become the best version of myself other than this. And again, yes, people are imperfect and they're going to screw up and they're going to be bad friends sometimes. However, with this foundation, with you starting with this foundation... It is a stepping stone to some of the best community you are going to have. Okay, that was a really long tangent to the people who might not necessarily value community. I next want to speak to the girls or guys who have struggled to make community and kind of share a little bit of my story there. I struggled for the longest time. In high school, I had people high school relationships are high school relationships and I went to a really clicky private school and I was in like the friend group but it was kind of all for show a lot of times and I didn't have those like really deep friendships and if they did they were built on a foundation of comparison and jealousy and always trying to be better than one other and it was just a really limiting place where I couldn't grow. In college I transferred around a lot. My freshman year, I lived in Tallahassee. The second half of my freshman year, I lived at home. My sophomore year, I finally transferred to Georgia Southern. And then halfway through sophomore year, I was sent home from COVID. Moved back junior year, but most things were still shut down. And then midway through senior year, I graduated. My college years were hard. And not like overly hard, but I didn't necessarily have this like picture perfect idea of community that you see when you're like oh my gosh I'm gonna go to the school and I'm gonna have all these best friends and I'm gonna join a sorority and I'm gonna do this and whatever else and if you're go if you're a college freshman this year my heart it goes out to you I was a college freshman who was sitting there crying because of all the girls posting with the girls who look like their best friends and now I kind of sit back and go giggle a little because it's like you guys met yesterday and you're just kind of posing together for an Instagram picture like okay but if you are struggling to make friends I get it I get it to a full extent and it's really hard and 
for me was almost easier in post-grad because it didn't seem as weird to message the random stranger and be like, hey, I have no friends. Do you want to go grab coffee? Whereas in college, it looks like everyone has friends. Everyone in college is still doing a really good job of putting on this, not front, but kind of a front of, I have all my best friends. I don't need to hang out with you. And maybe some people do, but for the good majority of people, they're looking for community. And if you're looking at statistics, I really should have written down the statistics, but most people are lonely. Most people are struggling like, and don't feel like they have anyone to talk to. And a lot of people in college come out of college and they say, well, I have really good party friends. I have really good friends that I can go out with, or I have really good friends that I can take cutesy pictures with, but no one actually knows like the hard stuff that's going on in my life. And rooting friendship on, hey, we're going to talk about the hard things in life leads to what those verses in Hebrews says. And it is, it does take time. Like I had probably a good seven years of really, really struggling to find community. So I don't want you to look at my life and be like, oh, she already has all of her best friends. Like what authority does she think she has to speak into my life? I have no idea how to make friends and I've been struggling. Like it's so easy for her. I think another thing that I get is, well, you have a social media following. So that's how you have friends. I didn't have a huge social media following when all of this started. I honestly have a social media following because of this. Like I posted a TikTok when I had maybe like 2000 followers, but that video did well of me just saying like, Hey, um, I'm lonely. I live in West Palm. I just moved here. I don't know anyone. Um, if you live in West Palm, let's be besties. And that video reached over a hundred thousand people. And at the time that was a crazy number for me. And even now I think about how that was just the right 100,000 people. Like it just hit with the right target audience. And I had over 200 girls message me saying, oh my gosh, I'm in South Florida. I'm in the same exact position as you. Can we be friends? And I was like, what? Like, okay, God, like simply it was a video of me doing a really bad job of doing my makeup before church in December of 2021. No, January of 2021, the beginning of the year. And that video doing well is the reason I have all of my friends. Every single one of my friends came from social media. Were those friendships easy? No, absolutely not. Did it take everything in me to meet girls for coffee or dinner? Absolutely. Like it a hundred percent did. Like your twenties are so busy and not busy at all at the same exact time. Like I was working a seven to three. So I was up at five every morning, work till three, three thirty, one of the two. And then I would go and hang out with girls afterwards. I would go and hang out with girls on weekends. I sacrificed a lot in order to prioritize community. I also would have to literally coach myself up and every single girl that I've talked to who I'm friends now, besides Lainey says the same exact thing of, I had to call someone from home or I had to coach myself of being like, okay, this is really terrifying, but I'm going to make this step and I'm going to go and meet this girl for coffee. And it's like such a hard step in order to do, or I'm going to pull myself together and go to this event, even though I'm terrified and I actually don't want to be there. Like I didn't want to go on half of the dinner dates that I was going to. I had to spend money. I had to put myself in an uncomfortable situation 
I had to drive there. I had to sacrifice probably sleep or doing something that I would have enjoyed more. And like, it's awkward. Like, it's really awkward to be like, hi, I know we don't know each other, but like, I'm struggling and I need someone to talk to. And I know we just met, but here's my life story. And sometimes that's well received, other times it's not. I hung out with girls quite a few times where I got home from dinner and literally was like, I just rambled for three hours. They're never gonna wanna talk to me again. Simply because I was so lonely and I just wanted someone to talk to. And you know what? It was okay. Like, some of them didn't text me back. That's okay. In the same way, you go on dates and sometimes you blow it. Or other times you just don't get along and that's okay. Like, you gotta just keep putting yourself out there and keep trying. I know it's exhausting, but it's so worth it. Like, it's so freaking worth it. I can't even tell you. That's kind of all that I have for this episode in terms of community. I want to do a Q&A about community, and I'm also going to bring friends on the podcast to talk specifically about very specific parts of community because I have different relationships with everyone in my life. And fast forward a year and a half, I had, a lot of you probably know, I had a discipleship group of like eight to ten girls, and some of those friendships lasted. Others of them didn't. We were this friend group, so to speak, but we did life together. We held each other accountable and we met once a week and went through the book, Find Your People. Fast forward a year. It's been about a year since we stopped doing the group because some of us moved away. Things happened. Drama happened. I mean, a group full of girls, it's bound to happen. But every single one of those friendships that I'm still like close with, all of my close people that I met a year and a half ago, we've gone through something like not so great. Like we've been at odds and looked at each other and chosen to fight for the friendship. Like every single one of my best friends I've, I've fought with in some term of the sense. And I look back at pictures from last March or last May, whatever, where I'm posting with all of these girls who I love and they're all like some of my best friends. And I'm like, wow, we did not know each other at all. Like I loved you then but I love you so much more knowing I did something wrong or you did something wrong or like we got into it or something happened and we've chose to fight for our friendship. Like how much more I love them now is so crazy. And it's such a beautiful thing because I think last year I talked a lot about the surface level stuff in friendships of like how to find friends and I hope this episode was a really good starting point, but it's just so sweet now looking back a year and a half later, knowing that if I never posted that video or if I never showed up to random breakfast dates, my life wouldn't be nearly as full and complete as it is now. And I truthfully don't know how I would have survived moments of this past year without my people. Like my people mean so much to me, it's not even funny. I would not have survived that breakup. I probably would have ran back to my ex-boyfriend in two seconds if I didn't have people. And I would have settled for a new guy, 100%, because I'm not lonely now. And I'm not running into a relationship because I'm lonely. I have really good people who love me well. And I'm not gonna settle for a guy who loves me half decent anymore. And I think that's a really beautiful thing of how your friends can set really good standards in your life. They can call out things in your life. 
and they can hold you accountable to put good people into your life. And I don't know, I think friendships are a really beautiful thing that I think we need to prioritize more. So I hope this episode gave you encouragement to prioritize your people, to go out and find your people, or just to love people better. Oh my gosh, I'm starving. Do you guys hear my stomach? That's so embarrassing. I have a sandwich sitting right there, but I'm obviously not going to eat it on camera. Um, anyways, that is the episode. Thank you so much for being here. Whether you're listening on Spotify or watching me on YouTube, thank you so much. You can connect with us at Jesus Peel Places on Instagram. My website is also jesuspeelplaces.com. And if you're looking for events, we're having an event on the 16th of September. It is a bloom where you're planted event where we're just going to learn about how to get planted in the area we're in and just to love one another better. I'm really excited for it. September 16th at Perk Tequesta. You can find more info about that at jesuspeelplaces.com forward slash events. I will see you guys next week. Love you. Goodbye. <laughs>